everyone to another Black Create Connect podcast episode. <laughs> We're well, back with one of your favourite hosts, Alicia Latoya. Make sure you're following me everywhere. Make sure you're following Black Create Connect. And we have today someone that's actually had a massive impact on Black Create Connect. Um, so I just want to start off by saying thank you so much. And I'll get into the why they've had such a massive impact. And they have an incredible business, a great portfolio. Chloe Jessamy, who is the founder, CEO of Supportive Services. Welcome, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Really am. Honestly, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being having such a great business as well. Um, and it was nice to kind of briefly speak to you before this podcast episode to understand a bit more about mm. your journey. Like, your journey was quite emotional. Yes, very, very. It's, when we spoke. Yeah, it is. It's... um. You know, when you hear people's stories, they tend to miss out a lot of the, you know, the blips or the hard, difficult times you had to overcome. Mm. But my journey is made up of a lot of that. So it's mm. a bit difficult for me to to try and kind of make it look all nice and pretty because mm. it wasn't. But it, it's it's made me who I am today. So, Mm-mm. yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, one of the key things that I like to do with every guest, and I'm sure listeners, you're not sick of me saying this because this is a part <laughs> of the podcast, is understanding your start out in life like let's go back to when your journey started and that change that varies per person it might start at 16 it might start at 10 20 mm. when did your actual chloe journey when you started to figure out you start okay i think it started for me when i went through a very traumatic experience when i was 16 i was in an abusive relationship and um basically nearly lost my life and was almost paralyzed so um i, I was basically yeah, I fell from a top um, top floor building on grass. It fractured my lower back, my leg, my arm. I was in a wheelchair for like a year. Um, that was the first step. So I had a lot of, to be honest, I went into depression through that through that phase. But then I fell pregnant with my daughter, which was not planned. The two combined, me going through that reflective period, trying to understand me. I guess I kind of was pointing the blame on myself. You know, did I do something wrong? Why did this happen? How did I get here? What do I want to do in my life? Because um, I did want to dance when I was younger. Um, and obviously that accident kind of had a huge impact on that. Um, then I had my daughter at 17. Well, I fell pregnant at 17. And combined with a life experience, traumatic experience like that, you know, and then being gifted with such a beautiful child that she is, it kind of just changed my whole mindset. I was in a dark place, but then I was kind of turned that into a positive. Um, I just looked at her and, yeah, I knew I had to if not for myself at that point, mm. to do it for her. So I guess, I wouldn't say that was when Chloe Jessamy started her journey, because I feel like, like I was just saying to you, it's like it's suddenly just begun with my daughter mm. turning 18 next month. But it was definitely the point where I decided to make something of my life and mm. not let that impact me in a way that just, I don't know, made it into a spiral, down, downward spiral. So yeah, in short, <laughs> that's where I'm it started. That's like a beginning phase, yeah. yeah. Mm. First of all, sorry to hear that you went through that. That's yeah. that's crazy. I want to go back to that, if you don't mind. First of all, I know this isn't a relationship podcast, but we're humans and our journey is our journey and mm-hmm. things happen. So what was your surroundings like, your family surroundings like, and how did you get into that relationship? What kind of led it to kind of get to where it was, if you can retract? Yeah, you don't yeah, mind? Yeah. No, no, that's fine, honestly. I'm, I'm completely comfortable. Um, 
So when I was about 13, 14, mm. as we do, teenage stage, we think we're big bad and can do what we want, ignore our parents. I was a bit of a pain in the ass for my mum. And where she had two of us, she didn't cope well with it. Mm. So she moved me to Kent from mm. Croydon. Um, I don't know if anyone, knows, well, everyone knows Kent, but mm. back then, I'm talking about 20 years ago, mm. nearly, it wasn't really mixed. So, like, I moved into a school where I was, like, the fourth black person. My mum said I'd go back, but I didn't. So I ended up living with my nan for pretty much the, the rest of my um, teenage life. Um, Is your nan um, black? My black? nan's white, my okay. granddad's Jamaican. Okay. Um, so... They had problems th- themselves with um, racism and just, you know, trying to make that the norm at the time there. Mm-mm. So, yeah, I'd say that was the, f- yeah, it was difficult. I didn't have my sister. She's only 10 months younger than me. We grew up like twins. Um, Mum dressed us in the same clothes and everything. Mm. Um, so to be separated from that um, into a space where I couldn't even be accepted just for my skin and stuff like that. It was really difficult. In school? Yeah, it was difficult. Well, yeah. What type of experiences did you come across where you, where you experienced not being accepted? What um, Bullied by what was referred to as gypsies and travellers. Um, just words being used. There's some people that wasn't like that, but there was mm. a lot of people that were. Some people thought it was cool, you know, like, let's all be friends with the only black, black person people, at yeah. school. Um, but it was difficult. I just didn't feel... Like I belonged, um, mm. and then combined with not being with my mom and sister, it was just like a just feel a bit felt. And your I, sister as well. Yeah, I moved to my nan's on my own, so I left my sister and my mum in Croydon. Um, what yeah. impact did that have on your self esteem and your whole, I guess, your mental health mm. and everything? I think this is why I'm so big on mental health. M- mental health is a huge thing for me. Um, mm. I've tried to support it silently in the background and others, and just be mindful of it. That impacted a lot. I'm still trying to build that confidence to the level that I know it could be. Um, mm. And it's it's like comments you hear from people like, you're amazing and this, that and the other. Sometimes I have to go away. It's like, it's hard to hear. It sounds weird. Sometimes it could be mm. hard to hear through my journey. It's been hard to hear mm. because I haven't been able to digest it, if you know what I mean, or take that time to process like my amazing self. But yeah, it's just been one of those things I've had to be mindful instead of ignoring it, you know, reverting to things that were going to make it worse or just kind of feeling, not feeling sorry for myself because I think everyone has the right to you know have a moment but I didn't want to stay there um yeah so being a mum really did did change that for me I just wanted to do everything differently this being a new chapter in the in, in in my life yeah so talk to us a bit more about how you got into the relationship you got into because I think yeah, it'll be interesting to understand because I too have been in abuse, not to the extent that you have been, mm. have experienced it. And actually, a lot a lot of women go through it. Mm. Like, mm. and sometimes men too. It's not, it doesn't discriminate. 100%. So what was that process like when you got together? Were there any telltale signs that you saw? Mm. And yeah, what was that process? So when I met that person, I was literally a problem child. So my mum moved me to there thinking... You know, she's not being good here. I, mm. You know, I was coming home late, doing the odd thing that I shouldn't have been doing. Mm. And I think she hoped it would get better, but it didn't. It got worse mm. when I moved there. And then I met him, who was, he was older. And I think I was kind of like in a place, you know, now I can see it, then I couldn't, mm. where I just wanted love and I kind of didn't care who it come from. Mm. Um, and my, nan and gra- my nan's quite a stern, 
like she's loving but you know old school and really Mm-mm. you don't really get that same kind of <laughs> um love and attention so I think it was kind of like that there were telltale signs he did beat me up a lot before that big incident happened but why did you allow that um I think it, it was about three times it happened mm. because I don't know I think I was just gullible I think I mm. actually believed that he loved me or mm. you know you know those words that were being said to you at the time and I always knew that being, you know, being physically hurt by a man like that was wrong. Yet, at the same time, I couldn't take myself away from it. Mm. Um, I just don't think I understood what love was properly, in a way, kind of thing. And I think that's something that I'm still trying to work on in my personal mm. life. But, yeah, I, I saw telltale signs, that major thing happen, and then obviously just turned my head right round, turned into a completely different person. It's, it's amazing how... Um, Something so negative can actually change your life into the positive. But that's the thing is, that's how life is, though. Because mm. I even, again, today when I was listening to the sermon I was listening to, one of the things that the woman was saying is that if something hasn't killed you, you've beaten it. You've beaten I read it. a similar quote the other day, something like, um, if you've been handed the opportunity or you've been handed something, mm. you've got this, you can do it, you know? Or like, as my mum always says, God will never give you anything you can't handle. So, yeah, it's all been... Part of the journey, as I say. Thank you for sharing that because that's really personal as yeah, well. Yeah, that's fine, honestly. As well, that's mm. that's insane that you mm. had to go. What was it like being in a wheelchair for a year? So you actually experienced mm. what it's like to be disabled, like mm. physically disabled for a year, which most people think that they would, ne- never, would never happen. So what yeah. differences did you experience being in a wheelchair it for? It was really difficult. I was sporty. I wanted to dance. So being on my feet, being active, like I worked a lot. I was at that time... That's when my interest for business kind of peaked because I was working with a company called Connections. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's where I think that's where it all kind of come from. Okay. Mm. How are you feeling? Are you okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so you had that experience. You worked with Connections when you were, um, I guess, when you were in the wheelchair. What was the process in healing, like mentally and physically? What was that healing process like for you? Um, very difficult at first. I guess I was doing this whole blocking out thing, um, and just trying to focus on being the mum um to my daughter. Um, but I think when she got to about five six, I had another kind of pivotal moment where I knew I had to do more work on that. Um, so I, I basically have been single for a long time, out of choice now. But then it was because of difficulties trusting, um. And then I think it hit me. That's when I knew I was like, this, wow, you know, this has hit me in different ways that maybe I didn't realise until they came up. Mm. Um, I had a bit of therapy um, and have been open and spoken about it to people and also got justice as such. Um, he did time. Um, of course. Yeah, he, so. Of course he had to. That's like inevitable. Yeah, no, I know. That's, that's, yeah. in, that's so insane. Because yeah, the thing is about, one thing I, d- I don't want to skirt over is actually... The emotion of, yes, you physically almost lost your life, mm. but also you lost someone who you felt like you loved at the time mm. as well. Felt that felt like you loved you. Mm. That, you know, yeah. that, that double feeling. Yeah, it, well, I think that's exactly, as you said, it was like a double whammy. Like, it was almost, it was overwhelming. I, it's felt, it, I just felt like I got to a place where it was a block. Like, I could, it was too overwhelming, so I decided to block it for a while. And that's how I think I initially coped through the first years of having my daughter. I have to ask, it's complete, it's, it's something I just I feel I feel the need to ask. How on earth did he push you off a building? So he lived in a flat, um, and 
basically he had a balcony um so he locked me in there um and it was a combination of me threatening to jump off to get away because other stuff had happened leading up to that um and I was fearing for my life um and then a combination of him making that happen so it's like a tall flat with a like if you can imagine kind of like this you come mm. out metal frame but literally like that and mm. I had I had like braids in like you mm. did so it was like yeah it was a mixture of me, a mixture of me about to do it and him kind of doing it for me if that makes sense I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was bloody difficult. And my sister was there. Um, but funny enough, at the, t- at the crime of the scene, um, he said that I was <laughs> the one doing mad stuff and then did stuff to myself to make it look like I assaulted him. Crazy. I literally chose a nutcase at the time. Mm. But you're stronger now. Yeah, and, definitely. And you know, and it's better for you to not have had it, had it but it's mm. better for you to have experienced that early one in life than later on in life 100%. when also when our bodies are a little bit more shaky as well and anything can happen at least mm. you're able to recover mm. like so happy you're able to mm. recover mentally and physically yeah, from you. that so after that then you decided okay cool you had your daughter and then you had I guess a not a reason to do stuff but she, she inspired you yeah. what is it about having a child just go into that a bit more as well what is it about having a child that made you feel like I need to do more because some, loads of people have kids and they and they don't necessarily have a drive so it's mad my mum knew I was pregnant before I told her I was pregnant how I don't know I literally don't know so I obviously didn't live with her she had no like she didn't even really know the guy I was she's Christian yeah 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 it's my dad's like yeah that as well. she's like, like, okay. God told, God told him. <laughs> yeah she just has like these things and then I rang her was like mum don't tell me I know and I'm like what she goes I'm pregnant and I was like that is mad I could have been ringing you to tell you anything um but it's I was never maternal like having a kid mm. wasn't really on my like agenda on, yeah it wasn't not yeah I had so many things I wanted to do but then having her holding her it was just a moment for me it was just I could go into loads of emotions at the moment but looking at her and realizing that I could give this give this person a good life nurture her you know and be almost different to how my upbringing was give her better you know every parent wants that they want to give them what we didn't have mm. um but it's just an instant it's mad it's just an instant connection I was like I knew I had to step up it was simple as that so did you have any idea like what did you think that stepping up was I'm guessing did you go to um uni or college or anything I, I did, went to college um okay. I went to uni but that was mm. when I had her um mm. so I went down the route of getting like a, a accommodated flat I think my nan actually helped me um at the time when you're pregnant back then I don't know if they do it anymore you can get like a, a block of flats which is accommodated for pregnant young women right okay so I moved in a place like that um then I started working so I worked from when she was six months and I've never stopped a lot of people how did you do that how did you juggle a six month year old and working childcare I mean I hated it Mm. um I had a lot of people kind of going against it how can you leave your kid but yeah I wanted to give I was building a few I had a I had a vision you know and Mm. I knew that I could be that um stay at home mum which Mm. is great you know it works for some people it wouldn't have for me that I'm too as much as I love being a mum, mm. I, I love doing me still, if that makes sense. And yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what's made me thrive as a mum, to be honest. So yeah. mm. I feel like that's not scaring me from having children, but <laughs> I think that's what's putting me on hold because I'm like, I love to get up and go mm. without 
Like I'm, I'm also very impatient. <laughs> like I'm extremely <laughs> impatient. And like with kids, I love children. I do love children, but I also love giving them back. Mm. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> no more for me. No more. I'm like I'll be auntie to every kid. <laughs> so, so I can imagine. So I completely resonate with you. I feel like I'd be exactly the same. I'd be like, right. My focus is making building a future so that they're good later on mm. do you know what i mean that's mm. they're not gonna remember now mm. <laughs> but but yeah, later, yeah, but yeah, later on they, they will <laughs> so with that being said then what work did you end up getting into and um talk to me about how your career developed over time so i've always had an interest in business when mm-hmm. i was young um no one around me i just um like read books or you know was you know you see things and i'm always a curious person like i don't just want to you know, see a book. I want to know how the book was made, who wrote it, how mm. long it took. I'm a very curious person. Mm. So I started my degree. I started in a part-time job. Oh, I worked in a place like H. Samuels, like customer services to start with, just mm. to get into um, employment and get some kind of track record. Mm. Then I joined Capita. Um, oh, I know Capita. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then the, I think the, the best job I did, so during that I did my started my degree. I worked part-time, but then... Uh, Similar to now, we had like a financial crisis. I think it was like an economic thing as well at the time. So I had to weigh up what was more important, pay, paying the bills of feeding my child or, you know, continuing with a part-time job. So I had to stop my degree. Um, but then I got a really good job for, with a really small business. Mm-hmm. So it was only like two of them at the time, three of them. Started out as an um, assistant, but then grew into um, an events assistant, marketing assistant, office manager, EA. You've done every, basically done. Uh, listen, I do the whole business. Done, done the whole business. It's given one man show. It's given swap hats. Okay, so how how did you transition? Because I feel like when I speak to a lot of people, um, they that are figuring out their career path. Mm. One of the biggest questions that I get asked a lot of the time is, how do you transition from one? expertise area of expertise to another and that's events to marketing mm. to ea those are mm. different roles mm. of course there's transferable skills but mm. how did you manage to maneuver within those roles um i'm i think anyone who's worked with me today would agree that i will get stuck in i'm the type of person who likes to get stuck stuck in like if i can see a problem i won't sit there and go oh you know he's gonna sort out next week if, if i can work it out and do it i will i'm i've always been quite savvy like that I think mm. um and I'm a team player so if I see someone struggling I'll be like what can I do and then suddenly you're learning one thing and then mm. suddenly you're owning that part of the business um so I felt like I, because it was so small mm. I had that room to do that but then I got to the point in that business oh and I also did my AAT bookkeeping while I was in that um working with the accounts director so that made me realize the passion I had for business the fact that I love being so involved in every element and love seeing the mm. results and serving clients and all of that. Um, How long did you do that for? Seven years. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then yeah. as well. The, 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 <laughs> it was like, progression, yeah. Yeah, like mm. the, 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 the timeline makes sense. Mm. With, with all those roles, keeping it 100%, where would you say it is more financially rewarding? Which type of role? Events, market, NEA? If you was to pick one. From in the corporate kind of side. Yeah. That, um, I feel like EAs and admin assistants are underpaid. I don't feel like they're really well. I mean, you know, some companies, some areas, they're probably not. But I just feel like it's one of those roles that doesn't give you an instant kind of return, like marketing does or sells. So I feel the most reward, like in terms of money, would have been the marketing and events personally, Mm. um, because it was what the business was focused on. That's where they were 
you know, they, they wanted to see it flourish and they were prepared to pay the money to see that happen. So, Got you. Yeah. Okay. And if you were to highlight some of the key skills that people need mm. to thrive mm. in each of these areas, what would you say those things are? Definitely level of kind of project management. Kind of for all of them or for VA? Well, all of them to a certain okay. moment because I've done all of those kind of roles and I would say that's one skill I've carried throughout. Mm. Um, you can have a plan, you can be good at and know what you're doing, but if there's no structure um, or somebody supporting the structure, it will fucking fall to shit quite quickly. Mm. Um, and I would say just understanding your business, like having the strategic mindset to understand a business's goal mm. and how to kind of get there. Um I've personally worked with marketers and people in an event that claim to be good, but they don't have the, I would say the more the doers than the, um, the, the people who think strategically. To, I guess there's different levels in terms of expertise, mm. but um, some people will just get the job done, ask no questions where you'll get someone be like, no, hold on, isn't this the goal we're doing? So I think that strategic mindset, um, connecting the organisation, the plan with the end goal, yeah. Got you, okay. Anything else specifically for like marketing? I get asked a lot of questions about marketing. What the skill sets needed? Because yeah, the, the thing is, though, marketing has so many it's different so roles. Broad. Yeah, yeah. Social media. You've got influencing now. You've got yeah. affiliate marketing. What blogging, did you? What SEO. did you focus on? I, I've done a lot throughout my agency. So we started as an EA company, but developed into marketing because I've okay. self-taught the last eight years in marketing. Um, I've done small like training courses and things like that, but um, I've self-taught, help clients and help them achieve achieve results. So. I think it's the willing, t the willingness to learn. To be honest, like mm. anyone could do it. If you want to, I, like I'm the type of person that does not believe you have to have this polished degree no, to don't. be able to be as good as that person over there. In fact, I've met people that are better than those people. So, the willingness to learn um, and understand. I think you do have to understand business. You know, a baseline of business. And and what is the understanding again? Because not everybody has that understanding. Some people are want to thrive in their career again mm. i meet people that, that want to thrive in their career they want to become senior um actually they don't understand business they don't understand how business works so mm. if you were to sum, sum up and say this is how business works this is how you should be thinking mm. what would you say instead of just doing the role you're told think of the end game a business in short is mm. there to provide a service a solution um it's all the steps before in between is what allows us to get there so mm. from retaining or getting the, the, the client or customer to, to to nurturing them after that mm. so I think it's having an understanding for the business having, having an understanding for the business more so than just your role a lot of people mm. go into their job and just sit mm. in this boxed corner and it's like I do this someone comes over do you not know I don't don't care I don't yeah. get paid for that I think you've got to have the kind of open attitude to ask questions and yeah you know show that you're willing to learn because I think that does get noticed if you do it 100 yeah. percent. that's what I say all the time I always say to people that and you know that if you want to excel even if you're sick like you're really good at your job mm. if you don't actually understand what part you play in the wider business you don't know how sustainable your job is. You don't know, <laughs> right? first of yeah. all, you don't know how long it's going to last in the business mm. if you don't understand what part it plays in the wider picture. Mm. And also your opinion and perspective isn't going to be, isn't going to be respected because mm. you haven't demonstrated an, an understanding. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, speak up. Yeah, because mm. even if, like in my business, if someone was to make a suggestion and they haven't demonstrated any initiative or any understanding, I'm not going to listen to them no, because... I'm, I'm it's just be like, noise, isn't it? Yeah, it's more noise. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what yeah. he was doing before. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? But if someone has always proactively 
said, have you tried this? Have you done this? Mm. And then they're making a, a suggestion in, in, a, in a, again, in a smart way. Mm. Sometimes people make suggestions in weird settings. In, I don't know if you've experienced that before in business, where it's like not the time and place to make this suggestion. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I've I've had it where we'll be in the middle of doing something. Like we've already planned it. We're halfway through the timeline, and all of a sudden we're trying to go back to day one. It's like no, 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 no. this should have been spoken about mm. then. Yeah, yeah. I hear. So yeah. again, do things at respectable times so people don't look at you sideways. Mm. So Added on some tips there, but no, anyway, no, no, definitely. But the one thing, just to add something really quickly there is that sometimes people don't speak up because the employers don't let allow them, them to and then or they'll make disregard it every time or just make it seem like it's you know to the point that person loses their confidence in doing that but I think the more you push mm. the more they're gonna go you know as you just said wow okay this person is let me just take a minute to listen yeah Let's talk about that though, because that happens. Mm. And again, I have conversations all the time with people that say, I can't put forward this idea, I'm trying this. Mm. How can people effectively um, contribute towards an organization where they're constantly getting setbacks? Their manager doesn't really want to see them win. Because I've mm. had that before, and I'll, tell, I'll say afterwards what I did, but mm. it'll be good to kind of get, get your insight. I've had a similar, but when I was in that company, the, the one where I was in for seven years, it wasn't always um, easy getting the progression of the pay rises. Mm. In fact, I, because I worked so close in the accounts department, it was worse because I knew exactly when people were getting pay rises. So it was a bit more frustrating, Touchy, yeah. yeah, in ways. Um, and I kept getting palmed off. Like, yeah, we'll have that meeting. We'll do that. We'll do this. And it was a bit loose. Um, this was the other stuff that was being agreed, agreed outside the contract. So I I had to kind of draw up a meeting. <laughs> um and I had it with the finance director and had a discussion and I did express the way I felt. As, oh, he was HR and finance. Sorry, he had two roles. Mm. Um, and I expressed the way I felt. I felt that, you know, I wasn't appreciated. I wasn't being listened to. Mm. It was making me feel like this. And the thing is with me is I knew how much my role was valued. Mm. So I did feel confident to kind of bring that to the table because I felt like if I didn't, they would be oblivious. They'll just keep mm. doing what they're getting away with. Um, but bring it to the table, I have no choice but to action it if, or they lose me kind of thing. So mm. I was vocal, but in a way, not, you know, not like just throwing a hissy fit in a in a way that they kind of would listen and do something about it. So mm -mm. yeah, that was for me. That's, that's a really smart approach to kind of say to them, hey, can you come into this meeting, please? That's a, that's what that's definitely a good approach. One thing that I, I, I experienced something very similar um, as well, and I'm sure that a lot of listeners might be experiencing that even now um where from day one my manager at the workplace that I've complained about in my first episode he was like nope like you know just stay in your lane type of situation don't be requesting this and I just went around him and I went to other departments and I thought oh, you're not gonna help me so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna go to this manager that really likes me that doesn't line manage me and I'm gonna help them with their projects I'm gonna help them and you're going to look bad because I'm having impact elsewhere, it's but not in your team. So whose problem is that? Yeah, because they're all going to be like, how oh, well, are you exactly. this? He's going to be like, mm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's a good approach. And, mm. and that's what happened because then I think had I not done that, it would have it, it would have been perceived that I'm not that valuable as a person because I'm not trying to push, but, you know, I'm getting pushback. So I would suggest find your allies outside of your direct management. It doesn't matter if it's in a department that you don't work directly with. Mm. Find it and see what value you can add in other areas. So you're still showcasing your skill set mm. to develop. Very good tip. Yeah. Mm. But back so back to you. So seven years in this organization. Mm. Why did you leave? Um because of that. I or? wanted to start my own business, I was done. Um I was working with the finance I was working with all three directors, 
you know the head of the business mm. it was like where do I go next can't really go anywhere unless mm. I start like venture, you know partnering up and stuff which I didn't want to do wasn't happy in the industry it was recruitment and events um recruitment and events yeah so they um do um a really big event called the in-house recruitment I know them they've emailed me quite a few times mm. right they, okay um, yeah yeah so um it started out more as recruitment but evolved into this um and it wasn't where my passion was. I didn't know quite what I wanted to do yet. Um, that's when I started Googling. I was like, right, I need to, I need a plan. What can I do? Transferable skills. What do I enjoy? Um, and, and I came across the virtual assistant industry. Um, and it, you know, when you're just reading it, it's like reading a job description. I'm like, that is me. <laughs> that is perfect. Like I can grow, I can explore myself and still make money at the same time. So it was kind of like a win-win. Um, and then I sat on it for a year. I even mm. got the marketer and um, the marketing lady in the company to help me with my logo design and that then. Yeah, she was helping me. We were quite close. Um, but I sat on it for a year. Doubt, fear, you know, all of that. Um, tried to, as I was saying to you, I struggled with doing the whole, doing my nine to five and starting the business and being a mum. So it got to a point where I was like, I'm either doing this or I'm not. So I quit my job. Um, Before starting the business? Yeah, I didn't have any clients. Wow. Yeah, I know. Not what I um not what I recommend to anyone, but it was I was at the fed up stage where I just was deflated. I hated my job. Not hated it. I just wasn't happy. Yeah. Um and I, I you, have you ever had that feeling where you just know you've got the you just there's more, more there's more like yes. There's I don't know like yeah. I so, know yeah. I know <laughs> I know like yeah. you're like I'm not being used to my full potential. Mm, yeah, that was it. Yeah. So I just went in and quit. I think they even looked at me and um, one of them were even like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Two days later, I even cried on the phone to my mum. I was like, am I doing the right thing? You know, it wasn't a smart move. I was in debt, um, didn't have income, obviously. Um, mm. And I had a child to look after and bills to pay. So what did you do? That's a madness. Yeah, so after week one, I was like, shit, it's just hit the fan, like a reality check. Um, so I pitched to my old um, employer. So... I've worked with him for so long, the way I kind of went about it was, right, it doesn't make sense to employ someone else. I can still do the job. It just won't be on your terms. It'll be on a mutual, you know, a mutual agreement with me being a freelancer. Um, they took me on straight away. So that was my first client and it paid me all my bills. So that was like... Did you feel a difference with how you worked with them? Yeah. Because of, okay, what was the main difference that you kind of felt? Um, at first it wasn't because I think I was still transitioning from this whole working as an employee and being, you know, a freelancer or running my own business. I just felt more respected. I just felt like more hard. And I don't know, I'm a people pleaser, um, especially because I love to do a good job and see people mm. happy and everything. But I felt like I stepped away from being that person, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Because it was your business. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... I don't know. It was different in terms of how our relationship was, how I felt. I felt happier. I felt, you know, I, I even got closer to one of them um, outside of that relationship. Yeah, it was really weird. Um, they even asked me to do an article on being, um, I think I was only like, the, there was only like one black person in the company at the time. So I did like an article for them on diversity and working in um, that kind of environment. Um, so we worked together, collabed on some things, got them on as a client, and then I ended up, um, I don't know what the term is when I say it like this, but cancelling our contract. Um, because you cancelled it? Yeah, I grew past that. So I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. How, how did you grow past it? And how, how long did it take for you to work with them to um, cancel the contract? I think I worked with them for about two years. I think 
the first year was less like I, I had to do that but then I got to a point where I started to transition build a team and I wanted to focus more on marketing I was doing accounts for them and I was focused more when I understood the VA industry more I was like wow like I can do anything I can really dive into my creative side use mm. my brain the way I want to um so yeah I moved away from that and I was learning to do what served me instead of just doing everything so I was just honest with them I did give them the option of having a different VA um that they wanted me so I said unfortunately that's that's not possible so you then started to do more marketing and creative work after that yeah did you secure the client first like marketing yeah so I started out on social media yeah I had a couple of those I had social media then I started to do content writing then SEO because I, I could see that that lacked in the VA industry yeah and more it went on yeah yeah and you taught yourself everything yeah it's um I've done little courses but I've not got a degree or anything no but I feel like I've you know, there's different levels of marketing. I don't mm. claim to be, you know, right up there, but I've got a very clear understanding. I'm able to deliver results for clients. Mm. Um, and all the marketing you've seen, you know, is for my business's input from me initially, for the team. What, by the way, your website, I remember when I first went on it, I was like, this is very clear. Good. <laughs> that's very, yeah, that's very, what I want to hear. Very clear and simple what you do. I don't like going on websites and I'm confused. Mm. I just don't want to speak to anyone else. I'm like, you've confused me already. But yeah. it was, it's very clear. How how do you how have you bought that knack for clarity, organization and self-learning? Because again, I think it's something that the vast majority of people mm. find difficult, right? Mm. Mm. Especially when there's so much going on, like, you know, you've people that might have a full-time job and they want to transition doing their own business mm. and they're doing both at the same time so what how how have you managed to be so organized and be so structured and learn things on the go what's the organization has been in me since I was little like when kids were out playing in the park I was organizing my books in alphabetical order like okay so that <laughs> was just that's like, innate yeah that's yeah. just that that's just in me um the self-learning like I've said I've always had a desire um to learn it, it's just in me like I can't teach it I can't yeah I can't yeah. It's, it's I can't just be told one little thing and I've just got I can't explain it it's weird you could ask me to do something but I would have to understand all of it it's the same difficult it's been a positive but also difficult in my business because I think during the transition of building a team and delegating more I have done the whole micromanaging thing before mm. where I feel the need to know everything and mm. be involved in everything but um I, I don't know it's just, I can't that there isn't it's just the passion like if, if I had a choice of what I'm doing you know some people are out partying all the time then I was indoors you're doing a four-hour course in one evening um I just constant vision for the future and what I want and knowing that I've got to do what it takes mm. it's simple as that I think how have you managed to grow your client base what are some of the things that you've done any secrets tips that you've that you would share it's not so much secrets the biggest thing for me is being has been referrals who I know um that's the biggest business I know, driver for yeah B2B, you know but I didn't really understand the power of it until the last three years and that's when the business started to develop into an agency and you know I just couldn't handle the client base but being me and I, I know it sounds weird mm. but when I started the business I felt like I had to be somebody else if you know what mm. I mean like this polished and I'm still it's still something certain elements that I'm working with but mm. Every time I speak to people, and, and like I'm not a salesy person, mm. but I've had to do a lot of sales clearly. And everyone's like, "Oh, you should do this." You should. I don't do that. I just I just talk to them like they're a human being. Try and engage. You know, find a point that we can relate to, and show them that I understand them. Mm. Um, 
but relationship building basically so every client I've worked with has either become a friend or been with me for like five years plus that, mm. that's it's been I can see that as yeah, well it's been the nurturing like caring beyond kind of like the post I put on my Instagram yeah you know, don't just focus on the cell it's it's what can become after that like the yeah. referrals like I just had three this morning and just, just amazing. And this is a client's only been with us three weeks. That's amazing. I know, but that's th- amazing. That is one of being the biggest impacts. It's not a secret, but it has definitely worked for me. And it meant that I didn't have to. I mean, everyone should have a strategy to keep the sales and leads coming in, but I didn't have to go as hard with that, especially through the beginning phase because I was trying to find my feet. So I was kind of happy with it being slow, yeah. slower. Um, but yeah, putting myself out there, owning me, being me. Um, and actually caring about the people that I work with, I would say. Not just Interesting you say that, because I remember when I spoke to you, so to, to give you all clarity, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you were like, hang on. I'm a client of Chloe as well, so I, I use her services, which has been very, very, very helpful. Oh my goodness. Very, very, very helpful. There's certain things that I'll see um, Tox, who works with us, like write down in Asana or do and I'm like oh I didn't think of that Matt. fantastic great because <laughs> I haven't got the mental capacity all the time to be thinking about all mm-hmm. these things but I'll tell you this when I first spoke to you um I had minimal intentions in getting a VA on oh really minimal I had like, I was interested mm. to, to see more yeah because people kept on telling me like that was the last year there's you know when everyone tells you the same thing over and over again you're like okay I need to do it like this year everyone's telling me do more videos do more videos for social media I'm like okay I need to do it someone says get another phone get another phone get get your personal (laughs) phone I'm like okay I need to do that suddenly got this to do list yeah 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 (laughs) so one of the things last year was um get a VA get Mm. a list that you need a VA Mm. and I was just like no I'm not because I literally registered um black create connect last year so i was like i don't need to get a va like i've just started my business yeah yeah so Mm. and then so when i was talking to you i was just having an exploring conversation to see like what if Mm. or just to see what it would be like and i think i said to you let me trial it and see yeah yeah that was yeah that was kind of like your response i think let's let's give it a go yeah and i think in your head you were like this this isn't like gonna be mind-blowing stuff then i'm gonna Yeah. yeah like my like my my um i guess this decision-making process was if I can feel it, if I can feel that there's been a burden lifted, then cool. If I don't feel that, if I feel like I still have to like micromanage or do something, then I'm going to feel irritated as mm. well. Mm. Um, and actually you even done, even at, I'm completely transparent and open. There was even one point where I was like, do you know what? I'm going to switch it because, like this year. And um, you've done a really good job in saving me as a client mm, because you, you came up with a solution you listen to what my concerns were mm. um, and the solutions, they weren't just kind of solutions that you just said, oh yeah, yeah, we're going to do this, this is this and that's it. Mm. You actually delivered on the solutions as mm. well and you'll continuously deliver on that. So that's what I, I respect when someone says they're going to do something, they do it. Yeah, if same. something doesn't go to plan, then you come up with a solution for it and we can have a conversation about it and move forward. Mm. And I like people that work like that. Mm. So yeah that's yeah, that's yeah I, I remember that um <laughs> I was like I think even Tokes was like oh no she loves working with you by the way she absolutely oh, does she? Yeah, she absolutely adores you I th- you know she's, she's only worked with a few of my clients really yes because I'm I, I'm so sometimes I feel like I'm so absent sometimes I'm well I don't know long, what you're I doing I'm not long to reply <laughs> Let's talk. I don't know what you're doing or not doing but um she's only worked with a few clients of mine obviously she's dedicated most to you at the moment yeah 
And she's got, you know, she says that I'm the best agency to work for, but it's only dependent on who she works with. You yeah, know, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. That's good. Um, but I know she really enjoys it. She's very grateful to be working yeah. with um, someone like yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I treat her as part of the team. Like when like we're going, we try to be, do quarterly um, lunches and stuff. I know she's always busy traveling, but mm, she's yeah. welcome to come. And yeah. I always I think say, she came to one, didn't she? Yeah, she Early came on. to December. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But I always say to her, she's welcome to come along, like, to make her feel included and whatever. So, and if even for the next one, you should come for December. December yeah, yeah, one yeah. should come along. Yeah. But um. But yeah, that's honestly, you're so good at client acquisition. Even I've learned a lot from how you approached it oh, as well. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I've got some protocols. Obviously, like you said, mm. there's some stuff that you can just. But not every situation is the same. Yeah. And that's where you've got. Some people don't budge in those situations. They're just like, fine. No, this is how it works. This is how it should be done. But um, again, my focus isn't so much about that. It is about making sure you're getting what you need. From I can this. tell, yeah. And if you're not, then I'm not the right person. For you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What challenges have you come across that you've had to overcome? Because we know that no road is mm. straight and narrow. <laughs> so, what type of challenges? Mm. Um, confidence, as you you know, showing up. Oh no! Yeah, it's something I'm working on still. So it's weird. Um, I don't know. It's. I think it's why I was saying to you. Now my daughter's getting to this age. You know, I had her at seventeen. Yeah. So I don't feel like I've I've worked on things that were necessary, like given the trauma and everything I went through, mm. and the focus on business. But I don't think I've properly, properly, you know, certain things got to do me yet. But confidence has been a struggle because even I knew showing up, you know, showing up, going to networking events, having these meetings with, um, you know, high profile clients, I'd be pretty much like <laughs> shitting myself every time that I push myself past those boundaries. So that's been the hardest thing, you know, just keep reminding myself that, you know, I've got this, stop doubting myself. It's like this mm. just moments of doubt. Um, mm. I think they have set me back in the past and put me on pause. Um, I've got a lot of ideas and haven't executed them all. And again, it's just been for reasons like that. So I would definitely say confidence and networking. So networking was part of the confidence thing, but since doing that in the last two years, it's just changed my life personally and professionally. Mm. how do you like how do you go by networking what's your go-to strategy do you just go to whatever events do you well, I did at first or like, <laughs> yeah. that come too much I was like listen I've got to start being strategic yeah, um, yeah, yeah. time's limited but um so there's a couple of groups that I'm in like self-made yeah. where I you know I've got a return from that before mm. um made friends and clients from it so mm. I do go to events like that but I'm trying to impact my community now mm. with my mentoring and coaching that I want to do so I'm trying to kind of focus on Croydon, South London. Mm. Um, I'm from Croydon too, by the way. I didn't even say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> the world. Um, so, yeah, just really trying to um, show up in those spaces more now so that I can be... I guess... Um, so, the, the, the VAHC is one element. The other element of what I do is the coaching and well, more mentoring. So, mm. helping other VAs create what I've created, but also help OSPs with their operational um processes in the background which mm. tend to stop them from scaling what's osps um online service providers so anyone who basically provides a service online um because they're the type of clients that i've generally worked with more, more as well um but yeah um okay that's, that's it really. before i get into what you want to do next i'm not going to say it i just want to ask you there's something you mentioned to me about some of the challenges that you go through personally no there was one more that i forgot to mention but i'll let you say your question first yeah no it's, it's fine yeah. um and it's linked to more so neurodiversity, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, So, Are you comfortable talking about yeah. that? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what? Back in the day, I wasn't. I didn't even tell my employee, employer until the, the last one, until the year before I left. Yeah. Um, but basically, I'm diagnosed with narcolepsy. 
um, it's a brain disorder. So it's, oh, I can't remember the terminology, but the switch that, you know, um, helps us go asleep and wake up, mine's uncontrollable. So it can, I, I have the mild version. So an extreme version that I've seen before through the charity that I'm with is a little boy kind of a kickable because when he goes to kick it, he just falls asleep and falls down, gets head injuries. That's how bad you can have it. He just falls asleep. Just falls asleep. Like it, you can get it really bad. Like that's like hip, hip, being hypnotized. Yeah, or something. it's and really bad. It's really bad. What, what causes it, that? It's it's just like a um, it's just a, it's a brain disorder, obviously, but it's a, it's something to do with the sleep. Um, this is, I'm really not good with remembering technical terms like this. Um, but it's the function that helps us go to sleep and um, wake up. Right. So. It, it for me it's more of a process whereas mm. when you have it extreme you can just it just it's like a switch off it's literally like a button just a switch has just been turned off um mine's more like i know when it's coming on so you can have fits um right. um and it's like a muscle loss so for example i'm sitting here with my head up um if i experience a fit like i could suddenly lose muscle kind of control here and like start flopping my head or if I'm holding a cup what's the protocol that people need to do when they're around you if that happens um it, it's just just kind of just leave it and go yeah and the thing is there's no cure for this is either so it's like quite a people are aware of it but there's no cure so it's like you have to maintain it the best way you can and they give you medication mm. that they give to people for ADHD well that's what my doctor well, told me or Ritalin Ritalin yeah right. um which one of the one of the reasons why I ended up um, I always wanted to start a business as I said, but I kind of was moving more in that direction mm. because I couldn't cope with the nine to five. So I mm. had to be on drugs technically to keep me awake while I was working, make sure I was you know attentive. Everything I was doing was important numbers, mm. um, but that gave you like um, a rush of energy. And then by the time I got home, I've got this horrible rush of energy, so it was hard to relax. And then I've, suddenly, I've taken it before. It's, as well, it's so. horrible. I, I didn't like it, and I lost loads of weight. Um, so. Yeah, like um, I self-diagnosed, by the way. So I had lots of symptoms. They kept telling me it was low iron because of my daughter. Mm. But I was having little things like these muscle spasms and just other things. Like, really? Yeah, I was like, it's not right. So I did research. I just kept going with like papers of stuff that I'd researched. And then they finally did me, um, gave me tests. So to go to a clinic, stay over overnight and all of that. Um, and they officially diagnosed me and started treating me. Um, but yeah, that is, it's... It's the funny thing is no one else in my family has got it and it can it's not always necessary hereditary mm. but it's also something that people don't know they have so mm. you could go throughout your whole life and could potentially have narcolepsy the level i've got it mm. but be putting it down to tiredness and and you can have narcolepsy without the fit, fits and spasms you can just fall asleep really yeah quickly. yeah so wow, that's interesting yeah it's um yeah that's been difficult to navigate um and then i had to tell my employee employer um and I, and I just got tired and I said, I need to live a day. Like my days need to look like what I need them to look like. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to take medication, but I had to. So I don't take, I haven't taken medication for eight for, years. Um, for eight years? Yeah, no, because you've got the life that works. The life that works yeah. for me. Not, you know, like if, for me, I, like I said, I feel it coming on. So mm. if I'm at my desk working and suddenly I've got that drowsy spell or I have a, a fit spasm, I will shut down for an hour and just go and have it. So funny enough, power naps. Is the cure for me? It sounds silly. Mm. No, it doesn't sound silly. It, I think a lot. I take power naps. Power naps. Some people hate them. Some people don't work for. But me, when I have a power nap, it's like I've hit a reset button in terms yeah. of overriding that. So for me, my default is just to go and have a nap. I don't drive as much though. Mm. Um, if I do, it's just to local places. Obviously, I'm limited. Because you might fall asleep. Yeah, I've had a crash. That's how I. 
You've had a crash. Yeah, so sorry. I'm missing parts of the story, but I had a crash and that's when I was like, something's wrong with me. That was not right. It was like you fell a, asleep. It was like a blackout. That's what I remember. I nearly killed the people that was in the other car. They were in a little banger and mine was a bit more robust. So, yeah. And I didn't have my daughter, thankfully, in the car. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. For, so for those listening, my mouth is open. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. You had a it? car crash. Mm. Your body is robust. Seriously, I don't know. God bless me. Oh my goodness! What? Yeah. What? So what happened after that? Did you like? Did you just stop driving because of that? And I, I just was more mindful. Like I don't do long journeys. It's more like to the gym, which is ten minutes, and, and then back. Mums, which is ten minutes. I, I don't do long journeys. I do a lot of taxi rides and public transport. To be honest, for anything else, that's that's actually really smart. Because even yeah. I struggle with um. You're making me feel like, feel like I need to get tested as well because Listen, you're, saying, you're, you're saying a lot of things Listen, and I'm like... I would, never, I would never have known. I would never have known. Like, And the thing is, there's so many... Apart from the muscle... I think the muscle um, spasms are quite unique. So I think if you have those, you'd... you'd yeah. You know, it's a race for concern. But the other symptoms, tiredness, drowsiness, especially if it's like mine, where it can just feel like, oh, I'm tired, so I just fell asleep. It, it, it's not... It, Out of nowhere. Mm. See, I just thought it was... I don't know. Just... I'm just tired. But I get it, like I get mm. tired. I need power naps quite often. Yeah. But I don't know if it's because I work a lot. I have right, no idea. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have no idea what the balance is. But with with um, ADHD, interestingly enough, I know you mentioned that the, the same, it's a similar medication mm. or the same medication. I feel like there's a lot of adults that are undiagnosed. I think I'm undiagnosed ADHD mm. as well, to be honest. Listen, I, I don't think I'm ADHD, but there's a lot of people that say that. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I and, think they are. A hundred percent, because I also meet a lot of people, and I think you show signs of of ADHD. And even the other day, I took a quiz, and there was like, "Yeah, babes," because <laughs> they like, "Yeah, babes." And it's it's a weird it's a weird one because people don't like to talk about neurodiversity too much because it's like, especially as a black woman, it's like I'm a black woman, and you're neurodiverse as well potentially. Yeah. So it's it, and it's something that I think again mm. i don't know if i'd want to tell my employer not because i think they'll say anything but it's i don't want them to think it's a simp card or yeah, if it, do you know what i mean exactly how i felt and i don't even like telling people now i've been more honest and open about my story because yeah. i'm like i'm proud of it i've done it like yeah i've got this but it ain't stopped me from doing what i do and i'm exactly. good at it i'm one of the best so yeah i've tried to embrace that rather than i've got a medical condition um yeah and yeah i, I don't need to tell and the good thing about running my own business i don't need to tell you that Exactly. <laughs> no, know, exactly. I don't, I don't need to, because um, yeah. I'm working the way I need to work to get what exactly. I need to get done. Done, but yeah, it, it's difficult. It's not something I tell everyone. I feel embarrassed by it sometimes. Um, don't, don't at all. It's mm. a, it's a part of who you are, mm. and it doesn't make you less incapable of anything. No, I totally agree. I totally agree, and I am open. I told all my get like we had a chat with my girls about it. Yeah. They were like, "Oh my god, you should do like a whole thing and share." So it's people like that, which is why I love my girls. Instead of looking at it as a downfall, talk about 100%. it more. There's probably way more people with this that don't even know. A hundred percent. And and at the end of the day, like what I said, there's probably so many more people that are neurodiverse mm-hmm. in other areas, like the neurodiversity spectrum. And for those that are, that don't know what neurodiversity is, we assume everyone does. Um, it means when your I guess your brain your it functions differently to how a typical brain would function in whatever way. So there's obviously OCD, there's mm-hmm. dyslexia. I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I think, actually, I think we spoke about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> it's another one. But, um, but 
I, what I would say to, to your point, mm. it's about finding the right tools and the right ways that you can work, that empowers you to work. So my dyslexia is cured with AI, darling. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's cured with the people around me. Again, yeah. I make sure that the people that are around me, like one of the key things I ask is, can, are you good at writing? Fantastic. Okay, so mm. you can do that. Because like, that's not my strong point. Mm. You know, so again, find people around you. Know what times, say yes and no to certain times. There's certain times, like I'm, I function better in the evening, so I just know that I can do podcast recordings in the evening. Mm. I can't do if you ask me for a nine a.m. or eleven a.m. <laughs> even a twelve yeah. p.m. It's mm, a no. No, yeah. Like, mm. no, I hear you. That's why no. I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I'm more of the morning. That's why oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more like, <laughs> thank I'm, you for I'm coming. Early. No, that's okay. Honestly, <laughs> that um, it's so true, and I think it's the key thing. It's like stop trying to. We're out here like trying to follow what the next person's doing. It trying to get their end result. No. But hold up, they ain't got that neurodiversity exactly. problem, or they don't have this this you've got to carve your own path and make it work like exactly otherwise you'll be disappointed 100 yeah. exactly so talking about carving your own path you've got another path that you're carving out right now you know mm, you're yes. just mentioning it beforehand yes so let's let let's go into it take it away so i've been well i didn't even know i was doing it really i'm just being me being helpful i started mentoring the last two years unintentionally the first year um trying to make more of a business and you know all the formalities this year um, but essentially, I just want to help others achieve the same results I have. But it's more, it's less about, you know, there's so many different business mentors now, you know, do this, do that, marketing, sales. I want to focus on operations because that's where my whole career has focused on, you know, making things efficient, making it work so that companies can scale. Mm. And I feel that a lot of people, especially starting out, are blinded by getting the sales, you know. And then, uh, for example, we had a client come in. Mm. They're doing amazing. It's a mental health um company actually mm. um they're doing amazing but they've actually had to say no we're sorry like we can't take on business we'll refer you to our competitor like who does that you have had that's to. what they were doing why because they're basically there was two of them and they didn't have a team so they couldn't take the workload on oh. and their operations was an absolute mess so when they were taking clients on it was a mess it was like so they got to the point where it was like we need to stop and sort this out basically that was the kind of intro call i had with them right, um I see. We implemented a few systems, AI, AI tech, um, automations, um, and it's just like changed their business. They now step away. They're now able to do more and keep on building their business. So, yeah, it's focusing on helping others achieve that. Do, the, the, the phrases do less, achieve more, basically. That's the that is the theme. And the song for Alicia's life. Okay. <laughs> for anyone that's been listening to the podcast, they, they know I like the do less and more lifestyle. So yes. some, so I know you mentioned um, AI automation. Just quickly give us like a summary or some of the things that people can be doing. If there's like any quick fire tips that you can kind of give to make sure that operationally people are efficient in how they work. So you can give us any examples. That'd be amazing. I think it goes down to... I don't, I don't want people to go into their business, start micromanaging or getting involved too heavily in stuff they don't have to do, especially if they are delegating. But you do need to understand a process before you delegate it. So when you're building a team, this is more for somebody, I guess, who is taking that scale um, step. Mm. If you're building a team, understand how it works mm. before you delegate it um, and document it. It's as simple as that. I know it sounds like a really basic tip, but it's a tip that I see so many people not doing, which makes their brand inconsistent, their, their, their business process is inconsistent. You know, client A had that treatment, client B got a completely different treatment. Um, yeah, just refining the processes and remembering the journey you want your clients or customers to take throughout. And mm. um, for me, I feel like people think operations is just like, oh, admin and, you know, the boring stuff no one mm. really wants to do. 
but in fact it's what holds the business together without operations you ain't you ain't you ain't got a solid mm. <laughs> a solid foundation of a business um you could get the sell but that person will ask for their money back in a week's time because there's no do you see what i mean so i'm just trying to yeah i think focus on knowing how something works before you can delegate it because if you don't even understand how it works you delegate it you're not going to get the results mm. you want so yeah use tools document your processes even if it's a bullet um, bullet pointed checklist mm. any um, tools you'd recommend you know, I'm an Asana fan. That's where Tox gets it from. I'm an Asana ambassador and I've, partner. I've, I've started using it as... Mm. Are you a real... Yeah, I've been doing it for eight years with Asana. So I actually want to start teaching, going oh. into corporates and helping Are you serious? Them. Yeah, yeah. You know, I need to talk to you because I've I've, I've onboarded one of my clients onto Asana. Oh, really? I love yes. this. Yes. I love the Asana vibe. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've onboarded our whole company onto Asana, it. yeah, to help them with their, like, project management and everything. And they've... Because they asked me to recommend a tool and I was mm. like, yeah, Asana. I, I mean, I tried um, Notion... Um, and Monday, yeah, Notion wasn't doing it for me, so sorry, Notion. Um, yeah, I, tr- I even tried it. I like Asana. I'm like, you know, when you're like, no, I'll stay. I'm like, let me just, I'm always curious, but Asana is the best in the game for me yeah. in terms of scaling as well. You can start small and never have to change. Yeah, it's mm. re- it's literally, I use it for everything now, and <laughs> I feel like because before, before I used Asana, let me just give you guys like some clarity. My brain was doing zigzaggy, yo, whatever it was. Like, everything was in my brain. And then I was putting things in my calendar when I remembered. But now it's all in Asana. Mm. I have deadlines. I can check off my tasks and say, oh, I've done mm. that. Don't need to think about you it. You can't miss nothing in Asana. Can't miss a beat. Right. And if I do, I'm, I have to even just be like, I don't even know how I did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's project management's perfect. You can do everything in there. You can have client bases in there. You can have a sales process in there, a CRM not many people know that. Um, I feel like I need to have like yeah, a, a, so much. a training course with you. Yeah, yeah, or do like it. A Let's do it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's another avenue I'm taking as well. This is more towards the end of the year. I want to step back into corporate to go mm. and help implement tools. There's so many. My sister, she's in um, a company that's, I think, I can't miss a media brand, I think, and they're mm. international. Mm. They're quite big, you know, considering mm. how many people they've got. And I'm looking, we work together sometimes. I'm looking at her, she's doing a spreadsheet. I'm like, why are you doing it? She's asking me. I'm like, why are they doing it like that? That is long. Like, you could use this. There's so many companies, again, especially the ones who make those decisions to implement things like that, mm. that don't know. They're just, the, the they don't know. Are just busy doing it and stressing. Yeah. And no one's coming in and actually saying there's a more effective way for your team to work. Yeah. Um, which would save them time and money. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that that gives me confidence that I re- recommended the right tool to my clients because Definitely. one of one of the things that the reason why I actually suggested it is because I did a DEI discovery on them mm. to understand how their culture and everything was. And one of the common things everyone's like, we don't know when timelines are. We don't know what everyone else is doing. We're confused. And I'm like, you need like a central place. Mm. And I reckon hopefully that's the right solution. That's perfect. Okay, fantastic. Mm. Great. <laughs> doing my job. Good job. And, and it's funny because I don't do project management. And my director was like, hey, so you're very interesting. The way you just jump in to do that's whatever. Cool. Very similar to you. Mm. Like if I get a task and I feel like, do you know what? I can do this. Mm. I'll give it a go. Do mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I love that. I love every, that. Every day. <laughs> Even to be honest, the, the Black Crate connects. Let's, let's be honest. I've never run a business apart partnership business before i've never had had a role with partnerships mm. before but yeah. here i am yeah. Winning. <laughs> you know well. it's it's, it's mm. just what we do but um okay cool so back to your journey so mentoring coaching yes. um so people can contact you now for that available now so um at the moment my website for chloe jessamy is under works but we do have the time freedom lab so this is a bridge between my coaching and my va service it's kind of like someone who's not ready for that but at the startup phase that needs the knowledge Got you. Needs the tools, needs the done feet. So we're building bundles and packages and creating courses where I'm showing up to teach this for people who 
can't afford that yet. I want to be, um, just want to be accessible to everyone, especially startups, because I, I know that's the hardest. What's part. the what's the cost and the range that you will charge startups to train them? The rough range. If you don't know, so, then you can for mentoring. Them. So my packages start from six nine nine, but that's on a very basic level per month. Or? Um, that's it's like a, a program um, or okay. like a six week, and then okay. Um, but mine are very bespoke, so I like to. There are packages like the one I've my my go to is um, step out and start up. That was the one that I did last year. I, mm. I helped a couple of clients with that, but I put that on pause, mm. um, and that was helping them start with a vision and a goal and a plan. Um, and step out and make the first steps to achieve that. So I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, I love doing that. That's how I got into the Greenwich University. I started mentoring, and then amazing. they called me back a few times for some masterclasses and that. Yeah, so. that's amazing. I know, Thank like you. you know, when you're like, I must have been good. You come up and you're like, was I good? And then you get a call like two weeks later, can you come back and do more? I'm like, well, that's the answer. You're very, mm. you're very. What's the word? Um, I feel like you can explain something very complicated in a very simple way. That's how I try to do it because what I've learned. I'm not the type that likes like too much noise. Like explain it simply and let me f- make the noise later as I'm understanding it, if that mm, makes sense. Mm. Um, so yeah. I, to be honest, I think a lot of things in business is overcomplicated anyway. I just think why are we, like <laughs> sometimes I'm in a meeting, I'm like, okay, what's the action point? So, like we've just had this long conversation. <laughs> Lo- do you know what I mean? I yeah, get yeah. there's loads of brainstorming and stuff, but sometimes I'm like, there's loads of words. Mm, yeah. Action, what's happening. Yeah, I'm very, I am like a no fluff. It was actually part of when, you'll see it actually I think we mentioned on the time freedom lab that my Mm. approach is not to confuse you Mm. but to make things clearer Mm. so that you walk away from this and you're like hell yep totally clear let me do this and I feel I even had feedback a lady who came to me was being mentored by a coach that I look up to Mm. I was actually really shocked when she said she'd been coached by them and come to her I was like can I ask why like oh well there's certain areas with them she said, like, they confuse me and they give me all this information, but then there's no logical steps to help me actually do it. It's just overwhelmed. She comes away yeah. from it overwhelmed, whereas she's like, with you, you're giving me the practical steps. You make it easy for me to understand. It make, You make me feel like I can do it. Like I guess I've got this part of me that likes to motivate too mm. um, and help change people's mindset in terms of believing in themselves, I guess, because I've been through it and I'm kind of mm. doing my own thing. But, mm. yeah, and when she told me that, I was like, there's a need there. The coaches are great but they all work differently I've worked with some I don't know if you have what your opinion is on them yes I am working with three at the moment but one two of them's through the Barclays um, accelerator mm. and one of them is just private okay, as well yeah. so what, what's your experience the pros and cons I just thought like they were different um I feel like you get some that don't they're just about that hour chat that you know is scheduled within what they paid for and don't give you all, you know, like, um, you know, like when you go into a shop or if you ask someone for something, they'll give you a little bit of information. But give it all the way. No, not all the way, because they want you to spend more. That kind of, I'm not saying, we have to be strategic, obviously, in business. We yeah. need to make money. But this is where I think, this is what I believe has helped me grow in through my business. I am about, I'm about what I'm doing. You know, mm. obviously, the cash is fire, is a big, important part. But mm. if I can give you, answer that question in uh, in 30 seconds because mm. i have the knowledge and the power to do that i would do that personally mm. um whereas i find other people wouldn't they'd be like right okay well actually we have another package which is another two thousand pounds and or whatever do you know what i mean i try mm. to give that extra bit of value mm. um and i feel like coaches charge a lot now for little that's what i've had a do, lot. You, do you know what 
I have to thank God Almighty because I haven't paid for any coaches. Oh, there we go. Like so even, I've had people pay 10K for a coach. You no, know, same. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard about that amount as well. And the thing is, I've, I've also had coaches sell to me. But the reason why I haven't actually gone for a paid coach is because, A, I've got people that are willing to just coach me because we forget sometimes, with some cases, um, when there's a coach or, I guess, a sponsor that finds amazing new talent, that's mm-hmm. good for them too. Mm-hmm. Like if I've if I spot someone that's a really amazing person and I can see them going far, I would spend time with them for free because mm. I because because I've helped to mm. invest in their journey. So I've, I've luckily I've had people like that for me as well, um, and they give it to me all. Like a couple of weeks ago, one of my coaches actually he gave me paid clients. Mm. Yeah, he's given me paid like literally open doors for me. Mm. And then the other day we um we presented back to a client and he said to me we had like a long three and a half hour meeting. Three and a half hours. Yeah, see, and, some people would. And people pay for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that I think people like that. He's amazing. Yeah, it's like not rare because there are beautiful people out there that would do that. It's rare. And, yeah, it is. Yeah. Let's I'm be not, let's be it, is real. it is rare. And I guess that's the. I've worked for seeing these coaches and hearing these stories. I don't. I know what kind of coach I don't want to be. Yeah. Um. It's a. The coaching for me is more of a passion. Yeah, um, yeah, same. So the, f- the fact that I can make money at the same time is a win-win. Like my VA agency is yeah. where I profit. This is more like, let me actually help people get unstuck. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, but yeah, I just find, yeah, there's been all sorts of feedback. I think you get your good coaches, like with anything, you get your bad and then you get some that say they're amazing, but they're really, they're, they've got really nothing to show for it. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's important just to make sure when you choose a coach, this is why I changed from being a coach to a mentor, the t- terminology anyway. I was qualified as a coach, went through a process to do that. But then, because it is a bit confusing, coach, consultant, men, mentor, like it, it can all get What's a bit What's the difference like, between the three for you? My understanding is that a mentor is someone that shows you the journey they took to get the results that they've, so it's quite bespoke to that person and just real advice to what they've done. Whereas a coach um, will ask questions and unveil, like it's more, you've got to do the work, but they're just there to kind of help you unveil that. And a consultant steps in and does the work, but also gives advice. That's my mm. understanding. Um, I'm more a mentor and consultant, I would mm. say, than a coach. Mm. To be honest, they all kind of merge into Yeah, each they other. can cross the Yeah, it's, it's difficult. But um, I think there's never a right title, to be honest, because of how many things I'm doing. But mm. yeah, I think I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I've been doing it a bit for the last two years. I've had phenomenal reviews. The, the things that my clients are doing is amazing. So it's just given me that fuel to just, elevate that more this year and show mm. up i love that for you. you i love that and then you mentioned the design yes so the time freedom lab is an element of that everything that's designed in there is designed by me so there'll be things like um websites already built that you can just take and plug and play things like onboarding processes documents with all the content filled in so i really love canva I've, canva and asana and dubsado well let's just what? say canva and asana it's a client crm Client okay. approach, so that's what I use to onboard my clients. Oh, is it? My proposals out. Contracts, might need to, might need to use that. It's called Dubsado. Yeah, Dubsado. Yeah. Dubsado. Yeah. Okay. It's client process, like client management, all the processes. Can you do like follow up emails and stuff? Everything, automate. Yeah, you can create a whole little flow. So say like I want to bring a client in and then send them an email after they sign their contract and send them an email after they paid the invoice and send them an email on their birthday and ask for a review. That can be one automated flow. That's how I I'm going to write that down. I can't do that manually. Like, that's what um, I mean. Nurturing it doesn't have to be difficult. Your clients will think, wow, this woman, she never forgets my birthday. She does she remember the anniversary. 
Yeah. They don't know it's all. My birthday's first of October, by the way. <laughs> that, actually, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drink my drink. Yeah. I want, I want my email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's true. It's true though. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm joking. But um, but Dub Sade. Any other tools as well? So we've got Asana Dub Sade. Um, you mentioned Canva is amazing. Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah. I, I pay for premium for both. Yeah, 100%. Um, Definitely worth it. Um, Chat GPT, which everyone's using. Mm. I use Copy AI as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, There's a new one I came across. I'm trying to stay on top of this AI. It's changing quickly. There's so many AI tools. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's Gamma. Have you heard of Gamma? Mm, Gamma sounds, AI. Yeah, it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar, but no. So literally... You can say to it, could you create me a presentation about how to make money online? And it will just create it for yeah, you. But that's what ChatGPT can do. It can create a whole presentation. <coughs> it can do, it can do visuals as well. Oh, no, not visuals. Is that what that can do? It does the visuals for uh, you. It puts it all together, makes okay. it look pretty. I need that one. Yeah, Gamma. I need that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, look, you, you know, we went from... This has happened so quickly because we went. We didn't have this like no. six months, a year ago. And now, like, it, have you seen the new LinkedIn headshots that you can get done? AI. You don't need to go and have a photo shoot. I tested it. $17 it was. Wait, how? You upload about 30 pictures of yourself. And it has to be like certain, you know, there's yeah. certain guidelines. And then they give you 100 pictures. Not all of them are great, but I took three from it. I got my daughter to... That's cheaper than a photo listen, shoot. That's and what I was saying. Save you time. And it's a headshot that, and I look professional and I could use that on a LinkedIn. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was just like, what? Fanta- also, mm-hmm. Fiverr. That's have brilliant. Yeah, I used to, I, that's what I... Um, when I started out, I used to get work on there. Um, and then before I started hiring my own associates, I would outsource to Fiverr. To Fiverr and that's how I started yeah, getting on that kind of ride. Fiverr's fantastic. All these Brilliant. tools online. There's so no excuse. Fiverr's no longer Fiverr, though. Back in the day, things were actually a Cheap. lot cheaper. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. It is. <laughs> I have I had some quotes. Think that. But I think you have to, for me, I'll spend ages digging and negotiating. And I'll say to them, this is my business. This is my page. I will work with you long term. Mm. Like, I promise. Mm. And to be fair, everyone that I've worked with on Fiverr, I've worked with for the past year or so. Mm. And they've been, they're, they're on it, consistent. I'm their friend. They say, mm. hi, friend. Oh, I love it. I love it. I know, I know. It's always like that. I love all, it. <laughs> all the time. Mm. So you have to get those little gems. But honestly, I feel like if you want to start something, there's no excuse. There's so many tools out there. Yeah, definitely. Upwork as well. People per hour. All of them. Yeah. Upwork. I've heard about Upwork. Yeah, I haven't used it. all similar to Fiverr. I, I prefer Fiverr, um, but some of my team use Upwork and people per hour. Amazing. But it's all the same thing. Like, if you wanted to decide, if you decided you want to be a freelancer. Yeah. I was kind of telling my brother this. He was like, what business can I start? He, you know, he's getting um, consumed by everyone else having money and, like, he just wants to do it quickly. But I was like, you can do this quickly. Mm. Sign up something like Fiverr. Utilize a tool like ChatGPT. You're making money. Mm. I know it's like it's very simple, but you can grow from that and then mm. build on it. But um, I think those kind of platforms make you know freelancing so accessible to everyone. Yeah, hundred mm. percent. I mean, even for me as well, it's it's helped me massively with with that. And then also, how was LinkedIn for new business for you? Oh, that was my go-to tool when I started. Fantastic. Yeah, isn't it? brilliant. Um. We've started to do like a new DM strategy and more connections there. I, I'm actually just decided to move from Instagram back to LinkedIn. Mm. Not like come off Instagram, but focus. focus yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. definitely, definitely the place to be, I think. It's changed so much as well, though. Because back it's in the day, changed. it was way more corporate now. It's I like, go on it. I'm like, oh, we can 
post things like this now? I feel like it's a creative platform. Yeah. Even like the other day, the, the picture I posted, I think like last week, I would have never posted that like years ago on mm. LinkedIn. But I'm like, do you know what? I'm me. And I, I feel like when I test my content, because I also test it and see, if maybe post like, not corporate stuff, but safe stuff. And let me mm. just post me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My content always gets high engagement when I just post Alicia. I'm like, people like me for me. Yeah. Like, there's no other Alicia. There's no mm. other Chloe. There's no exactly. other you listening. Do you know what I mean? Just be you and done. And I, see, I see exactly the same results when I do that. And it's mm. annoying because like, I, sometimes I'm hoping that I see results from things that don't have my face on it. But, um, <laughs> no, you have you have to be possible. I know, I know, I know. It's so annoying. But um, I actually start to enjoy it more, I just think, because of the confidence initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... 100% you've got to show up. Honestly, but doing content though can it's be... long. Oh, child. So use as many clips as you want from this. <laughs> okay, chop it up as up. much as you want. It's going to be for like next six Because weeks. honestly, like I've... And the thing is, it's even the chopping the content because I've got so many videos. Have I got time to go and chop them, please? Mm. Or even choose the clips to be chopped, mm. but it's it's life, Here's you know? a tall cap cut. I've heard, I've heard, someone's told me about, tell me about cup cup, mm. but the problem is with my videos, remember I recall separately the, the video and the audio, so I've got to merge oh. them together first, oh, but that's gosh, probably, yeah. yeah, I've got to do that first yeah. and then get them chopped, so that's just another thing to do. Oh, um, we'll figure it out, I know, we'll figure it out, but anyway, 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 what can, first of all, so the last few points, what can the community do, anyone listening, what can they do to help to elevate you, um, first of all? Um, connect and reach out, um, and... You know, um, right now, I think we're just trying to raise more awareness around mm. what <coughs> around what, what I do. Um, so I would say, like, just spread the word. Like, spread the word. Yeah, spread the words. Okay, yeah. straight, but, straight. Yeah, it's simple as that. Um, I think with the mentoring, it would be really good to get, you know, um, you know, if you know anyone who needs support starting a business. Mm. Um, I am focusing more on women mm. um, with the coaching and mentoring, just to, like, there's reasons, but I'm not going to go into it. Mm. Um, so if you know someone who needs help mm. or is looking for the, you know, a coach like myself who's maybe got, you know, loads of obstacles and mm. struggling and you think, like, we would be a good fit, send them in my direction. Yeah. Mm. Okay, perfect. Definitely we'll do that. Oh, and we've also got a Facebook community now, which has got 104 members, which I launched about two months ago. And I haven't really even worked on it, so I'm really happy that it's growing. Okay. Yeah, it's all That's new. So, yeah, watch the space. Yes, Chloe. Yes. yes. And for the person that's been sitting on their amazing idea and they're nervous um, for whatever reason they're fearful, what are there any any words you'd like to share to them? Feel the fear and do it anyway. I live by that book. What's the worst that can happen? Like, just really sit, sit and process this with yourself. That's what I do anyway. Um, believe in you and, mm. you know, just remember what, why you're doing it. You know, mm. keep that vision front of mind as much as possible. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. No problem. Thank you so, so much for your advice, your energy, sharing your story. And I just want to also say, like, like your story is very unique. So just blessings and shout out to you for just getting through what you've got through and achieving what you've achieved today. Because it's incredible, it's inspiring, I feel inspired. So thank you. Thank you. Have yeah. I've enjoyed it. No worries. Thank you for listening, everyone. And remember to share this episode, like it, comment all the rest of it and I will see all beautiful amazing people on the next Black Create Connect podcast episode bye